The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Web Culture here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Always. And it's the 31st of May, last day of May 2012. Dave, how you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic today. How about you, sir? I'm doing good. Um, maybe it's the uh, WordPress that I'm, I'm knee-deep in, like... Uh, 80-some-odd installs over the next two weeks, or maybe it's the sun, but I'm hearing this weird hiss on the line. Um, I, I've got a little bit of one, too, so hopefully it's okay. not coming through for our, uh, for our friends in the audience. No, and, and, and if it is, uh, it's WordPress's fault. Yeah, you totally, know, totally Jim, WordPress's fault. Dave, you have no idea how crystal clear it sounds. Actually, I was almost ready to go and compliment you on how nice it sounds from both of your ends today. Oh, that's sweet, Brasco. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so it's one of the gumbo shows today. We have, I don't know about you, Dave, but like the floodgates have opened. The uh, 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 mana is falling from the heavens. Contracts are coming out. Everybody's ears, elbows, sleeves, and jacket pockets. And I've been busy all week. It's been crazy. How, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I guess, uh, I guess over here we're we're a little. Um, slower on on the contract side because, as you know, we're we're uh, not taking on new clients right now. So so that's you know keeping things at a at a more normal pace. But uh, you know then then of course we you know you've got clients that you need to uh, you know address. So that keeps things uh, keeps things exciting and lets us uh, you know not taking on new ones lets me focus on you know getting some fun things together, new infographics, all that sort of stuff developed. So it's good times. Do you guys do a lot of infographics? Um, did, are you do you find you're putting out more infographics now than like say blog posts or uh, or, or formal written pieces? Um, I wouldn't say instead of, um, in, in so much as in addition to, um, you know that sort of thing. And and it's something we're we're starting to play a lot more aggressively in as um, sort of my, my sort of instincts in what's working versus what isn't uh well, yeah, no doubt i mean I got, I got i got a quick follow-up question to that too um if you are working with more infographics do you find yourself promoting the uh piece that that the infographics are a part of do you find yourself promoting it in different ways um you know i'm thinking of pinterest and then the traffic driven by uh uh sites like pinterest yeah, I mean, it really depends. You, know, you bring up a great example on Pinterest, and it, a lot of it has to do with what, to me anyway, in what you're trying to accomplish with a you know infographic, blog post, whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, Pinterest is great, but as you and I know, and I'm sure all of our listeners, there's specific demographics there. So what I'm trying to do is is create sort of a a content piece <laughs> to get new clients. 
well, okay, that may or may not apply. The target market may not be on Pinterest. Similarly, they may not be on Facebook. They may, you know, they may not be on, on one of the common trends. If what we're trying to do is raise awareness, you know, get people linking in and, and pointing to this, uh, you know, this resource we've created or whatnot, um, then, yeah, you may be hitting demographics and, and maybe even wording things in a way or, or, or displaying them in an infographic in a way that it's not actually about – Hey, aren't we awesome? Which, you know, an infographic shouldn't and, and most pieces shouldn't, but it's not really about telling you how great we are. It's more about, hey, let's create this thing. You're gonna really like it. You're never gonna buy our services anyway, but hey, you 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 really like the you know, it hitting something up where, you know, in the accommodation sector, but gearing it towards sort of an eighteen, nineteen year old uh market because they're they're very, very active on social media. Well, they probably don't either have the credit card or can't register anyway because a lot of the travel sites are, you know, have a 25-year um, age um, starting point for, for, you know, registering and, and, and to stay there. So, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to raise awareness and, and, and build some good relevant links to your site? Or are you actually trying to, to gear this towards hitting the target market and, and reinforcing that you know this, you know, say a, if you put out a piece or something or, or if I did, it's more about reinforcing that I know what the heck I'm talking about um, mm-hmm. to a market that I'm pitching to to convince of that. Whereas, you know, for some clients, you're more just going, hey, you know, here's a resource, love it, link to it, um, all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, you know, to, to acquire um, page strength and social signal strength. Yeah, um, I, you know, I wasn't sure where I was going after that question, but uh, I think you covered just about every base I might have gone to. <laughs> um, so, uh, read this funny story came out, came out of Rome. Um, people are are uh, carping on Mark Zuckerberg because <laughs> uh, he, he's on his honeymoon now, and uh, some honeymoon. Eh? Could you imagine being on your honeymoon and losing a billion dollars <laughs> overnight? Um, waking up a billion dollars, like less rich so anyway he's on his honeymoon and he's he he was out for supper and he neglected to tip and uh so there's this big controversy it's running on reddit and you can see it on uh fark.com and in uh you know on twitter feeds facebook uh facebook posts and places where people need to post something it's because they need to post something hacking on mark zuckerberg because it's just so much fun um but, you know, why do you expect this guy to tip? Could you imagine, honest to goodness, waking up in the morning and losing a billion dollars? Having lost a billion dollars overnight off your personal net worth. Um, not, to mention, fallen, not to mention how much he spent on the ring for the wife. $300,000. Is that all? Yeah. Cheap butter. $300,000 ring. Cheap well, that, bastard. I mean, that's seriously. Not, that's what did he pay for Instagram? <laughs> like uh she should have that thing appraised honestly <laughs> i mean here here's the thing that that i kind of feel you know a i would love to have a billion dollars to lose <laughs> I mean, oh, you, you, yeah you could have bought instagram <laughs> um but i mean at, at the end of the day let's 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 bring this back and i haven't read this story so maybe there's some details on this but my instinct is have i ever been to a restaurant and not tipped i consider myself a fairly decent tipper when it comes to you know i go out if i have you know just the standard service i'll give the standard you know 10 to 15 percent and if i have exceptional service i go up from there but if i have crappy crappy service i will zero tip because I am paying you for the attention you are paying to me. And if you suck, well, you're going to get 
adequately non-rewarded for that. So I don't know if it's in the story. Maybe you have those details, but maybe the service just sucked and the person didn't earn that tip. Actually, no, the, the service didn't suck and the person did earn the tip. But something that a lot of the stories and reposters are neglecting to mention is in Italy, you don't tip. The gratuity was already included in your bill. And, uh, well, many European servers love having American customers come in because tipping is just, you know, it's a way of saying thank you. It's just part of the national culture. And they don't often, you know, uh, suss out that the tip has already been added into the bill. Um, Maybe they don't read the fine print, which is probably written in another language besides English, um, that says tip already in bill. Um, So Zuckerberg, when in Rome, did what most Romans did and not leave a tip on the table. But he didn't do what most Americans do, which is leave a tip on the table. So when the server goes up to a table where there's an American, they are going to expect that afterwards they're going to get a tip. And when Mark Zuckerberg, you know, like one of the most famous Americans uh, in the world... Um, doesn't tip, then, uh, you know, somebody puts it up on their Twitter feed and it goes uh, goes uh, viral awfully quick. Well, there's sort of a, a situation that of being damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, it, uh, often uh, the American culture and, and up here the Canadian culture as we travel abroad get critiqued for our lack of knowledge of the cultures we're going into and, and resistance to, say, learning the language. So here's a guy who actually understands the culture he's heading into. And I mean, if he tipped, then, then he didn't understand the culture. And, and so instead, he understood the culture, did what was appropriate yep. for that culture, and, and, and is getting uh, you know, raked across the coals for it. So Poor Mark Zuckerberg, eh? He just can't win. He just can't. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's got people... Hacking on him left, right, and center, including the people that we've always referred to as the smartest kids in the room. Google is like just just hacking away at Facebook here, there, and everywhere. And you know, the biggest hack of Facebook obviously has been like Google Plus. Uh, I, I did a I did a, a corporate presentation last Friday, and I referred to Google Plus as the uh, most significant ghost town in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as it turns out, I mean, Google Plus. Google Plus has now become a bunch of real places. Um, yesterday it was announced that uh, Google Places, the local search program, is going to be shutting itself down and integrating with Google Plus. That was, uh, that was stunning news. Uh, Google yep. Places, what, 18 months ago they introduced the Places program? Approximately 18 months, maybe 24 months ago, Google Places emerged as the, uh, the way to write your, yourself or your clients into, uh, into local search results. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I've, I've spent hours, days, if you put all them hours together, I've spent days in Google Places inputting information. Now all that has been transferred over to Google+. Plus. Google+, Plus pages have been created for um, current and former clients. And it's a bunch of confusion in gym land because I don't know who the heck owns what anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, this is my client's Google Plus page. I don't have an agreement to update my client's Google Plus page. I have an agreement to update their Google Places page. Right. So, I have to, so now I'm in another half-hour conversation per client. Right. With an advisory to ones who don't have Google Plus that they got to do it. Sorry. 
your turn. Which I'm sure. <laughs> well, I understand exactly where you come. And I mean, as we all know, a place is page, as I'm sure you know, you know, when you're writing up these agreements is fairly straightforward, fairly easy to deal with. Okay, now, you know, you're having to go back to those clients and go, I mean, and you may have already, we've certainly chatted with a number of our clients of the importance of having a, a Google Plus listing. But, you know, if if the client doesn't have it yet, okay, this isn't the same thing anymore. This isn't, you know, just, uh, you know, splash this up. You've got, you know, monitor for reviews or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's become a much, much bigger deal. This is a full business profile that you're building out complete with, you know, as you know, you need to be commenting, you need to be, you know, you need to be engaging your visitors there as much as you can, you know, the visitors, you know, at the three minutes per month, the average user is spending there. So you, <laughs> you really only got a couple seconds to grab their attention because they're not there for long. Um, but I mean, you know, is, is this a surprising move? I don't think either of us is, is surprised by this. Um, well, here's yeah. a, here, here's, here, here's a bit of a postulation for you. We've been talking a lot about Google's knowledge graph, and uh, I, I don't know about your office, but in my office, we've been speculating a lot about Google's knowledge graph. We know that Google wants um, to pull data from very structured sources to fill out the knowledge graph. It strikes me that forcing webmasters into Google Places, I'm sorry, in, into Google Plus, um, is a way of forcing us to structure data in such a way that Google can just grab, uh, cherry pick what they feel is relevant and what they need. Um, it also strikes me. Remember when uh, when Facebook opened for opened up to businesses and people started using Facebook business pages as their website? Yeah. Well, what if Google wants people to do that with uh, with Google Plus? I don't know if they do. I don't know if they don't. But it's beginning to feel like. They want us to put all the same sort of data we'd put up, all the same sort of information we'd put up on our clients' websites. They want that into the Google Plus system. I think they want everything into the Google Plus system. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I think you hit a, an interesting, an interesting point when you were chatting about, um, you know, there, you know, with knowledge, relative to knowledge graph yep. and things like that. Um, one of the things that I like about if that did be, you know, it, it, or well, there's some horrible English. They if that ended up being the route that they went with this, um, you know, this might almost appease me a little more. Hey, you're pulling from known sources of data, i.e. You're really only pillaging yourself. If you're showing this information out, you know, somebody punches in Beanstalk SEO or whatever, and you're pulling into the knowledge graph information that I've already given to you in the form of streams or, or whatnot, or that you're Indeed. pulling from your own properties. Okay, now I'm not, you're not going to hear me rant about Google taking other people's intellectual property, splashing it up on their site, and, and, and costing that webmaster the, the click and advertising possibilities uh, inherent in that click that they would be getting. So, um, but, 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 know, the, but, but at the same time, though, Dave, they forced you to put your intellectual property into their system in their way at Google+, into their social network, which is more than just a search engine. They own that space that you've put all the information into, and I got to admit, I don't often read the bylaws of a ghost town, so I haven't fully done the to the TOS. <laughs> Somebody's not getting treats at the next conference, um, <laughs> so I haven't fully read the TOS at um, Kumas, but um, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure it says that if you put it in their system, they somehow own it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. 
Um, you know, similar to you, I, I haven't read the the full thing. Well, not in a while, anyway. I mean, I, you know, when it first came out, you know, we all kind of did and, and pillaged through it to see what was there. But uh, you know, I'm sure there's been many changes since then. Uh, I mean, the, the the at the end of the day, it's not a case. Of, I, I view it sort of similar to you know them forcing you to do this. No, they're they're forcing me, you know, quote unquote, to not have a flash only site too if I want to get found in the organic results, right? They're they're arguing. Fair enough, but that was on your property, not theirs. Fair enough, but I saw that more as like you know, um, uh, 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 design codes, uh, building codes in a city. This is more like being forced into a condominium, but only if you want to be found on their property, right? I mean, only yeah. if. They're only forcing you to do that if you want to be found on one of their properties, which I mean, you kind of sort of got to be, which you kind of sort of got to be. But as business owners, both you and I can understand that, hey, you know, yes, I I understand as a business owner, I understand as somebody who's trying to help my clients get as much traffic as possible. Yep. Bit of a pain in the butt. But at the same time, as, as somebody who can look at this from a business standpoint and go, yeah, this is Google basically going, we are showing this in our listings. It's good for our users. If you want a possibility of being included there, you got to follow our rules. Just like well, if you want your website to be found on the organic results, you know, here's the guidelines that, you know, Matt Cutts has been talking about forever in his videos or whatever. You know, here's the things that you need to do. Don't block your JavaScript or, you know, whatever. Well, um, sure, sure. No, that's cool, dude. But um, you remember, remember back in the uh, 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 late '80s, early '90s, when Microsoft was busying itself curb stomping on Netscape, mm-hmm. and one of the ways it did so was by including um, Internet Explorer, its web browser, in the uh, original like uh, Win ninety five, um, in the original Windows Windows operating systems, and yeah. then controlling access to the desktop. They controlled the way. Uh, you know, your 486 or your original Pentium worked. <laughs> it's true. Flashback, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the way your P2 worked by, like, controlling your desktop experience. And they made it difficult, not impossible, but very, very difficult to uh, use Netscape or any other alternative web browser. And th- there was a couple alternative web browsers then before Microsoft curb stomped them. Um, what Google's doing... And its environment somehow feels reminiscent of that. Um, They're trying to take on Facebook, and they're trying to take on Facebook by controlling the world's information system, which is, of course, them. Right. Um, But they're forcing us to rethink and re – it feels like redesign the commercial web – so that they can control all that data. They can control all that knowledge. Um, and I, I don't think it's a problem with getting data into a search engine. I think it's a problem of stomping your competitor, Netscape. Well, you, you may be right. And I guess there's just – I think Google's response would be fairly straightforward, um, just a few words long. And, and, and it would cover pretty much all of their you know general philosophy to all their properties, but specifically Google Press here, which would just be – Shut up and drink the Kool-Aid, right? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Um, You know, at at the end of the day, you know, the problem is created by us because we want to get our clients traffic, right? I mean, that's sort of, this is is the the root of the thing. The fact is they built properties. I mean, you know, I I know I'm preaching to the converted here when I'm talking to you and, and, and to our listeners here is they control where the information is found. 
And, and so, yep, shut up, drink their Kool-Aid and, um, you know, just make sure that you're maximizing your client's ability to get found in, in the places that Google's displaying. I think a lot of the, what they're doing right now, looking at, you know, sort of promoting Google Plus, it's quite bright. To, to be adding, you know, sort of, and, and a lot of this is speculative, but what we can sort of see that they're going to be adding into the search results and what we're already seeing in, in ways that they're sort of organizing the data. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a big win for them. And at the end of the day, it's only because we want our clients found there. It, it's, you know, that's, that's our own problem, I guess, not really theirs. They know we want our clients found there. So we know we're going to follow and, you know, toe the line and do what they tell us to do. And we always have. And, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, always will be. Well, you know, um, speaking of toe the line and have us have us, the SEO community or the search marketing community, do what Google wants us to do. There is a uh, before we go to break, I just want to want to ask this quick question. Um, there's the annual debate in the SEO community. Oh, this one seems a little more vociferous um, about outing, about outing bad SEO, about outing bad links, about. Um, you know, going after the uh, the uh, uh, panda plunderer plunderers and the uh, you know the penguin uh, the penguin dodgers and stuff. Yeah. It's even gotten to the point where uh, in Facebook today, Bruce Clay um, and John S. Bristos and Chris Bogues were all um, Chris Boggs were all arguing over the effectiveness of uh, industry standards, whether it's even possible to do industry standards, uh, why Sempo hasn't done industry standards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Dave, um, you know, I don't need to talk about the industry standards stuff, but the outing questions, especially in light of what happened to iAcquire last week, what do you, I mean, is Google pushing SEOs to out each other? Yeah, I think in some cases it ends up being a situation where they're kind of forcing us to do the dirty work, right, that they, they, they can't necessarily do. The iAcquire was an interesting one, and I think you and I can both agree. It's it's the first time I had seen, and I understand the, the rigmarole over it, the first time I had seen them sort of punish a company for something that didn't directly impact their ability to rank. Um you know, they they found that the company was was basically purchasing, or, or the evidence that I'd seen anyway was was asking to purchase for a different entity that they were working for, and then the company themselves got, um, you know, sort of backhanded. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting one. I mean, we can debate the ethics forever. I know we probably got to go to commercial break here. Then yeah, we've got a guest, um, Daryl Lacroix from from Foxhound Digital, coming on to talk a bit about. Um, video marketing and and stuff like that, but um, I think you know this would be a, an interesting subject for us to uh, to maybe pick up during the the last little uh, little segment of the show. Okay, well we'll we'll talk about industry outing and the the ethics thereof. Um, before we do, we got to step out for ourselves for a second. We got to take a commercial here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We're going to be back in just a moment on Webcology. Join with Daryl Lacroix from Foxhound Digital. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. 
Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm stitcher channel. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm stitcher channel. Just click on the stitcher banner on our website. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined as always by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And our guest today is Daryl LaCroix from Skit for Brains. That's Skit, S-K-I-T, just for anybody who thinks I might have slipped up in my language use there. Um, Daryl, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I thought you'd be a, a really interesting guest to have on here today to, to chat a little bit about video. We've had on you know, so, some video marketers and, and this and that, but um, to have a chance to, to bring a guest on who's you know, actually in the production, actually building the videos, um, and who has what I would consider to be, for, for a lot of our guests, a, a more sort of um, realistic, you know, you said, you know, you've got some videos with, you know, over 10,000 views and stuff, fantastic stuff, of <laughs> course, and, and congratulations on that. But, um, you know, rather than having on another guest who's, you know, pushing ones up to, you know, a million or, or part of, you know, large, large promotions, somebody who can maybe provide advice to our listeners who are in, you know, doing it themselves, you know, on the uh, ground, small companies. Um, the the so, everyman, the, the everyman, the, the, every- the do-it-yourselfer. Exactly, and and of course, a lot of our listeners are. That's why I listen. They listen to our show for uh, for some some information. So, maybe tell me when when you start. I, I'm just going to jump right in here. When you're starting and and thinking, and of course, I I have some a little bit of knowledge about a, a current series that you're working on. But when you first started, and you were you were thinking, I got to get some videos out. You know, I, I want to use them for promotion. I, I'm trying to get some some views of these videos. What is the angle you're doing? What kind of content are you looking to build and, and, and how are you looking to get it out there to, to boost this thing up into the five-digit views? Oh, well, the most important thing at first is keeping it short and sweet because especially on the internet these days, people don't have enough time to wait for a great big long three-minute or a six-minute thing to deliver a punchline or anything like that unless, of course, you've got a serious budget behind it. So taking inspiration actually from five-second films and uh, a Hemingway 
old film, cha- uh, sorry, old story challenge where Hemingway won a bet by writing a six word story. We're Saddest doing- story ever. Uh, yeah, no kidding, eh? <laughs> oh, like, baby <laughs> shoes for sale, never used. God, yeah, that just make, leaves you with shiver, shivers and chills. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're doing six word skits right now. That way we can like just rush to the punchline. People know what to expect. And, you know, six words, that doesn't usually take long. Unless you talk slowly. So Now, I've had a chance to, to view some of these. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to jump in real, real fast because this is the, the newest um, series that you're working on right now mm-hmm. um, is the, the six word. Um, what do you, what's the angle you're trying to do with these? Like, I, of course, I've watched them, but for our listeners who, who may not have seen them, um, what is the angle that you're taking when you're trying to make these? I mean, six words, there's you know, a variety of different things that you could do with that, of course, but are you, are you trying to stick to a theme? Are you, are you trying to sort of spread it out into different types of stories? And then how do you do that? Um, well, basically just as uh, keeping uh, a rough loose set of rules, uh, just seeing how many different types of jokes and setups we can do as well as like what we can get away with with only using six words. So the challenge not only keeps things rather focused and short, but it also really gets us to stretch uh, our abilities and skills because sometimes it's going to be just six words and the humor's all in the face. Sometimes it'll be six words and then it's like some pratfall or a bit of CGI or just something really crazy. Well, um, Daryl, most people listen to our shows are webmasters trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to do video. Everyone wants to, you know, video is going to kill the radio star eventually. But, <laughs> um, what do you get out of it? How do you monetize it? How do you make your efforts worth it? Uh, well, starting off, uh, I'm one of the YouTube partners, and so then they'll show either ads at the beginning of the video or an overlay ad, mm-hmm. um, as well as ads along the right-hand side above the other related videos. Um, and then, so that's the most immediate way, and that's not going to allow you to buy a gold Cadillac right off the bat, but, you know, it starts helping, you know, a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there. Um, but the big, the, the, the goal is that making a video short enough and funny enough that leaves the people either fun, laughing or impressed, and then when they share it, it's the whole two friends of two friends, you know, sharing bit, because... And that way, even if you're only getting a few cents per view, once you've built your audience to have uh, like a thousand subscribers or five thousand subscribers, then every video that's uploaded basically is guaranteed X number of views, and X number of views is basically guaranteed X number of dollars. Sure, and then then there's an exponential effect where they share it with their friends, and their friends share it if said video goes viral. So yeah, the reason I ask is it strikes me that. Some of the stuff that you guys are doing is like way more interesting than TV, oh, um, than traditional TV. And more and more people are going to start producing more and more video for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And more and more people are going to start you know, watching a YouTube video on their mobile device or on their desktop, laptop computer, rather than the bother of getting up and going to watch TV. Uh, as a matter of fact, traditional TV uh, is creative, but having a hard time funding itself. Mm-hmm. As more people move into the market that you're working in, are you going to be able to make a living? Are new webmasters, are new creators going to be able to make a living under this kind of uh, revenue model? 
Um, I believe it'll take a while for the overall switch to happen, but uh, the people who are really dedicated and who have the ability to stick with it and increase the quality of their product will eventually mm-hmm. rise to the top. Like, arguably, you know, quote, anyone can be a filmmaker with a camera these days, like with a Canon 5D or even a T3i, but mm-hmm. it does take sticking with it to then, you know, get through all the learning bits, all the hurdles, and then just... Yeah, build the audience there again, and uh, so eventually some will not not many, but that's uh, it's just like when the VHS camcorders came out in the 1980s. Not everybody turned into a filmmaker. So for webmasters, (laughs) (laughs) most of my girlfriends did. I don't know about you, but I I gotta tell you. It's oh, one of those days, bro. Sorry. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That'll be a webcology for another time, right? <laughs> no, actually, that, that's going to be the clip that he uses for end of year. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, all right. I, I'm going to try and pull us back on track here. Oh, man. So, sorry, guys. I, I, I know. I know. Um, I mean, and I think, one of, I think, Jim, you, I'll just add a point to what Daryl was saying there. I, I think one of the things that you brought up, Jim, as well, is, more and more people are there. So even as more people are, are creating these videos, more and more people are using YouTube and, and other video sources as their entertainment. So while there will be more videos to watch, more people will be spending more hours each month watching them. So mm-hmm. everybody well, for over. Sure. For sure. And, and Daryl also touched on, on uh, probably the most significant point. No one gets to be a rock star overnight. you got to work at it and work at it and work at it. And then Daryl, in your case, what does work at it and work at it and work at it mean? How, how much time have you actually put into this before you started uh, making a business out of, out of making YouTube videos? Oh, wow. Um, well, it's something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid when my mom worked at a video store and I just spent days there looking at all the films. So um, lots, lots of time. Like it's uh, any given week I could spend maybe about 30 hours outside of my regular nine to five Monday to Friday job, just filming, planning, scheduling, writing, doing the web hosting and the website and all that jazz. So I'm hoping that all that blood and sweat and tears will eventually turn into the, wow, this is funny. That guy just, you know, worked with a zombie in a office and then like, wow, that'll be shared with all these people. So a lot of work because even though there's lots of really cool tutorials and a bunch of tools with YouTube and all that, um, it's still even a five minute video that could take maybe four hours to set up, shoot, edit, render, re-render, upload, test, do the annotations, and then share it with Twitter, Facebook, and, you know, my mom. My mom shares my stuff quite regularly. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to jump in here with another question because it, it's, it's one that I think a lot of webmasters and anybody creating video is, is going to face. <clears throat> once you have a following, it, you know, it, it's, it's like the case of once you have money, it's easy to make money kind of situation. Once you have followers, once you have a following, it's easier to get more followers than it is right mm-hmm. at the beginning. When you were first starting out and you, you didn't have a social network that you could use, how did you get these first sets of videos out and, and you know, sort of into the population? Um, or did you build a social network first to support the videos you knew you were going to be, be creating? 
Yeah, uh, Facebook was definitely the first thing that we used because everybody was on it and like who were in the videos and it was the easiest way to share stuff and visually people would see it on their timelines as well as their or back on the old Facebook page days um, and their friends would see it. So it was a really good way for, to share visual stuff to build that up and then uh, cold calling messages saying, hey, I've created a brand new Facebook page and a brand new website and you're my friend and so I think you'd enjoy this seeing what I'm doing. And uh, I actually screwed up once way back uh, last year. I thought I was deleting a different page on Facebook that I was an admin of. And I erased the first Skip for Brains page with 500 fans. And no one's let me uh, live the town. It was a really ambiguous button. So that's important (laughs) that you know what you're clicking delete on. But anyway. (laughs) I I think everybody has done that in some social media format or another. Sorry, Jim, were you going to ask a question? Oh, no. I was just sort of sitting back avoiding the smart-ass comments. All right. <laughs> Perfect. I, I'm going to jump in there because I've got what I think is important. When, when people are picking their, their subject matter, at least it's important to me because it's in my mm-hmm. head. Um, when people are picking their subject matter, I mean, there's there's a good argument, you know, say the approach I do in our blog, which is we generally write about stuff that's interesting to us. Assuming that if it's interesting to us, it'll be interesting to others. But when you're trying to create a video, are you focusing it in on, hey, what do we think is awesome and then people like us will like this? Or are you looking at what people have liked in the past that you've done and and sort of starting to gear your videos towards um, the audience that's most viewing and most sharing and and the videos that have had the uh, the most impressions and things? It's actually, we're trying to balance both because uh, there's stuff that, yeah, we love, we think was great, that we'll just naturally lean towards doing. But then we've also trying to focus on doing things like parodies or picking up on recent news stories or big world events to then just like jump on the popularity and the sharing because people are already searching for those sorts of things. So if you can balance out those two, then the people that you get on as new viewers for something like uh, like Diablo 3, you know, the whole snafus. When people were signing on in Era 37, Era 37, you would get new viewers with that because you're attack, uh, targeting a niche. And then if they subscribe, then when you upload a video of something that's near and dear to you, like uh, videos of my cat, uh, they'll be like, ah, oh, this isn't about Diablo, but it's a cat. I like that cat. I laughed. So then you get a like. And then their friends who don't play Diablo but like cats see the cat video on their uh, timeline or on their Twitter and they're like, oh, look at that too. And before you know it, gold-plated Rolls Royce for everybody. At what point Well, gold, <laughs> at what point does this become a business for you? Um, this is your primary focus. Uh, you're aiming for the gold-plated Rolls Royce for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say the point would be where um, there's various levels of YouTube partnerships. Uh, so it would be when we reach the most and uh, all the videos that we, re- we release a month not only cover the production costs, which luckily right now are still really low, um, as well as the time for people and allow us to have a stash of money that's just uh, good for to reinvest into like more gear or maybe some advertising. That's where it'll be a self-sustaining business. Instead of the taking up all the free time of everybody, or well, actually... A lot of my free time. Um, and then making that transition to, what are you doing? Well, we're in the studio filming today. Oh, great. I, I knew that. Why did I ask? Maybe, I don't know. You know I'm always in the studio. Now I'm having a conversation with myself. <laughs> <sighs> Happens to me all the time. <laughs> 
but yeah, the, to simplify, yeah, once um, it's maxed out to YouTube partnership level. Every video that uploads gets a couple of huge uh, millions of views and stuff. And you got people who are active, your audience, who are engaging you and leaving comments, both good and bad, because any sort of feedback's good. It's just because even negative feedback at least means it's been watched. You know, you touch mm-hmm. some, you touch someone in the wrong way, but you still <laughs> touch them. <laughs> a lot of that going on around the internet too these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're being I think we're being poked at by the studio. Uh, we got to be we got to be heading to a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Um, Dale, you going to stick around? Are you able to stick around for a few minutes? A couple of minutes, yes, indeed. Before I go back to the studio, brilliant. Well, we have to we again we have to step out of the studio I'm on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm on May the thirty first, twenty twelve. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Testing at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm, the flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're rounding out the hour, and everyone out there in Dreamland who's listening live and not tuned into the Webmaster Radio chat room, God, folks, come on. We miss you. We miss your presence. We miss your words of wisdom. And besides which, it lets us know that there's actually people listening. We have to take it on word from studio that there's a lot of you tuned in. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so in a we have a we have a private Skype chat happening um, between uh, Dave Davies, Brasco uh, in the studio, and uh, Daryl Lacroix from uh, Skits for Brains uh, Digital and um, Skits for Brains TV. And um, Daryl just noted that he made a page with uh, a few more YouTube content creation lists for our listeners. It's at sfb.tv slash webcology, and I'm just, I'm just dropping that uh, URL into the webmasterradio.fm chat room. If you folks were actually in the chat room, you'd see it now. Um, so, Daryl, uh, this is a, a very open question, but people are using uh, an array of mobile devices uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to access the web now and to access your videos and does that change the way that you uh, that you pr- uh, approach production it should uh, we should actually uh, have a lot more close-ups and a lot more big bold easy to read on the screen action uh, but we haven't quite put that in the forefront of when we're filming because usually deadlines are tight you know someone's Got to have dinner or you know take the cat out for a walk. But definitely, uh, if you got the time to plan for it and storyboard it out, big bold action that fills the frame will read better on the small devices than little sort of like facial minute and eyebrow work. Unless it's a close up on an eyebrow, then that'll be gold. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like that? I mean, you're, you're walking down the street and you see something, and you just wish you could whip your camera out. I do indeed, yeah. And usually I do have a camera on me and then (laughs) oftentimes we've shot skits on our phones because we've just been like in in Future Shop when the Microsoft Connect came out. We were just looking around and I thought, let's just film one where you're doing Connect. I walk up behind you and smack me in the head and simple as that. Set up the phone, leaned it against a little sales tag and I got smacked in the head. Okay, so in the way of traditional video camera and I guess in the way of uh, a phone, what do you prefer using? What, What are you carrying around on your hip? Um, that was a Sony uh, Ericsson uh, or Sony Expressia X10. I keep on mixing up the two words. I think it's all the same thing. Um, but it was, a, yeah, a Sony phone that did nice 1080p. The internal codec was a little strange when dropping it onto a Sony Vegas. It was like 53 frames a second. But in the end, it didn't turn out to be too much of an issue. We got the shot of me getting smacked in the head, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> Are are there any uh, optimal settings uh, for uh, mobile devices uh, as, as opposed mm. to a desktop or a uh, a laptop device? Um, Does I anything believe, translate better? Uh, I bet you there is at this moment. I'm not completely versed in what would be ideal because uh, if you use YouTube, then YouTube will be uh, streaming to your device what will work best. Like That'll make the call for you. So as long as you upload the highest quality content to YouTube, it'll uh, make the mobile versions for you, the standard def versions, and take care of all that. So that's one great way in the sense that they're making sure that the viewer's experience is as high quality as possible. And all you got to worry about is a really good video. Okay. Um, <laughs> how do you script these out? Are they ad lib? Do do you do you rehearse beforehand? Uh, some are, some are rehearsed, some are ad lib, some show up right in the middle as we're filming other stuff. Somebody will say something, we'll almost wet ourselves laughing, and then we'll just quickly reset and shoot that and capture it right in the moment. So it's yeah, it's a little bit like scripted, planned improv. One one of our old videos, Handgun, 
the whole script for that was just the word handgun, which was the punchline written on a napkin by uh, our comedian buddy Josh Zed. And it turned out to be a huge a five-minute-long Twixter After Effects handgun sort of endeavor. It was amazing what came from just a <laughs> handgun. That's funny. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to shift gears. I mean, we were getting serious here on, on Web College, here on webmasterradio.fm. Um, just as an advance warning, this is going to be a Webmaster Radio action item. Bing, bing. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> Brasco, <laughs> help us out here, bro. Um, all the, those 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 guys. You want, you are want to try to repeat that? Uh, you know, uh, Dave Harry. They have all the fun with sound effects. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to try to say that one more time? Uh oh. Just go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Webology, we have for you an action item. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For the record, have, uh, for the record, you uh, guys got you guys got tired of me playing sound effects in the first place. That's why I stopped. <laughs> you either want them or you don't. It's, sound it must, the right sound effect goes a long way. I'm being serious, Jim. It was a couple of years ago. Remember, I was I the one that kept playing the Canadian national anthem on random, and you were like, "Come on, stop that." We need a little more. playing it on random, <laughs> but I did do that for years, and I st- I really curb myself thanks to you guys, thanks to this show. Well, uh, we've, we'd like to think we did a public service, but we you think did. you're just way too sensitive, Brasco. We love you. <laughs> but it was true. I was going way overkill, so I've really toned it all down. But back to you guys. Enough about me. We're so great, eh? Um, okay. <laughs> I want to get back to the idea of promotion, how you get the word out that you have these videos made. And um, we, we were talking earlier in the episode about Google and Go- the Google Plus system. Um, Google very much wanting webmasters to put data into their social machine search system. And um, in your field, in, in video, are you feeling any pressure from Google if you want to get that good YouTube listing, if you want to get that good um, blended search listing? you you got to be part of the Google Plus networks. Hmm. Um, I got to admit that I haven't put so much effort into getting into Google Plus recently since uh, still we know Facebook and Twitter the best. And since uh, <laughs> YouTube's already part of Google and Google Plus, it, it's got that natural almost already there. So beyond just doing a couple of circles and sharing the content, um, we don't have any special hardcore you know, Google Plus marketing attack. No, but you aggressive are. words. No, but as you said, you you are, you are sharing in a couple of circles, and you are using Google Plus to move your content, yeah? Uh, yep, just the skip for brain circle, and then everybody who's friends of that, then they share it on their Google line, whatever you call that. Their Google Flow? No, Google Wave? No, that was an old. <laughs> I think it's um, I, I, I think it's um, Google Esp. They're calling Esp. it Google Esp because they're just <laughs> pushing it out there. Perfect. You know, um, uh, it comes somewhere from Larry's diaphragm, and he just nice. pushes it out. Nice. <laughs> almost like giving birth, right? So, like, almost a contraction, but not quite. Uh, only if you had a Google Places account, then it's a total contraction. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving right along. We got probably three or four minutes. We actually have a hard stop on the show now because we have, like, folks following us. <laughs> Neat, huh? Um, you use uh, YouTube to as uh, as the video platform. Have you ever mm-hmm. experimented with other video platforms? Um, I sure have. 
Uh, last year we did Blip TV, and uh, it that's a great one when you upload to Blip TV. It also can do other things like Vimeo and YouTube and uh, some Apple TV and some other, um, like spreading it around. Um, but at that point, everything was like not quite focused enough. Things weren't like high quality enough. So right now we're just focusing on making YouTube the strongest, the best product. And then later on, we'll try out other things again. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, Will Wheaton, I- I'm sure you know him, we all, we all mm-hmm. do, um, came out with just lambasting um, Google slash YouTube for sort of the, the change where to like something you had to be logged in as, into your Google account and, mm. and blah, 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 to get that actively in there. Have you noticed any declines over the last uh, little while um, in the number of likes that are coming in and things like that as, as a result of, of this change at all? I uh, actually have not, especially since but uh, the last couple of weeks is just when we started doing the new batch of six-word skits. So uh, I can't say that I noticed losing something that we weren't already uploading. But I bet you if we were uploading, we would have noticed that we were losing it. <laughs> oh, we got to snort. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, any last, I guess we, we're probably down to like one minute here. So any last pieces of advice you can give our audience who, who may be thinking of, of launching their first sets of videos? Sound is hugely important. People can watch a picture upside down with your thumb inside the frame. But if your sound is painful, if there's hiss or if it's just a strain to hear, people will back out and stop watching your video and just keep on creating. But just keep on creating and uploading. Make it a routine so you're something that people can reliably always know that you're going to upload something. Even if it's not your best stuff, by the time you build an audience of a thousand people you will be doing your best stuff then even better and you have the audience to back it okay well uh, Daryl Lacroix um, SF, sfb.tv uh, skitforbrain.tv thank you so much for joining us here on Webcology um, friends uh, this was our 199th Woo! Webcology that means next time is our uh, 199th and a half Webcology <laughs> it's our show. We can count them any way we want them, eh? Um, we might be doing something special next week. I don't know. Um, next week's a really insanely busy week. Um, before we before we go out, uh, quick personal note. There's I know there's actually a, a few listeners. Um, to Barry Duncan, thank you, sir. You made me what I am. Um, you'll be missed. Um, and, uh, yes, we're, uh, we're going to be returning next week on Webcology, probably with our 200th show. We might call it 199 because we weren't prepared. Who knows? Um, but on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around the network because more great content coming up.